This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create change in the world every day. I'm your host, Laura Alexander-Wittig, CEO and founder of Brightly, the number one destination for conscious consumers around the world. At Good Together, we value the planet over perfection and believe that you can make positive things happen for the planet every day by being a conscious consumer and an informed citizen. Listen in as I chat with various experts about living and consuming responsibly. listeners. Um, I am so excited to be here for another episode with you. Um, This is another solo episode. You seem to have really enjoyed the other ones I've done in the past. Um, As you know, my co-host Lisa has moved on to other things, so I am now the main Good Together and solo host. Uh, We have some amazing interviewees coming your way in the later weeks and months here. We can't wait to get into some of those conversations. Um, But for now, I didn't want to miss the opportunity to come and talk a little bit about an upcoming holiday with you. Because as you know, here at Good Together, we really are trying to take the concept of consumption and turn it on its head to where it's a little bit more conscious, if that makes sense. So really just trying to um, you know, be thoughtful about what we're doing in our lives, whether we are, you know, choosing to carpool or we are um, thinking about what's going on with our next upcoming holiday. Um, and so at the time of recording and time of release here, Valentine's Day is looming on the horizon. And as I thought a little bit about this holiday and was prepping for this episode, for me, the thing that really stuck out was the fact that most other holidays, I think every other holiday I was trying to think of in my head, you gave me a prompt like Christmas, Halloween, Easter, etc. I had a ritual or a memory or some kind of like activity came to mind. But with Valentine's Day, when I, I kind of gave myself the prompt Valentine's Day, I immediately went to a thing. Like immediately I went to like flowers, diamonds, and like the sentiment behind the holiday was really lost in my mind. And I think it's lost in a lot of our minds, to be honest. I think whether we're talking about, um, I think a lot of times people think about what we don't have. So like, do we not have that satisfaction in our life from, you know, maybe, maybe we wish we had a Valentine, we don't have one, or maybe we have one and we're not happy with them. There's like that kind of dissatisfaction that I know. I remember like experiencing when I was a kid and, you know, you, you gave out the Valentine's Day, Valentine's cards in class, and you thought, oh man, I don't have a Valentine. So there's like sadness. Um, and the other thing was, it's things. It's like, it's not just like love that you're sharing or love that you don't have. It's It's all about things. And I think that's unfortunate because the original purpose of this holiday, right, was to help us give back or reflect on the love that we have in our life. So Anyway, that's just kind of a, it's a, it's a, a sort of a random observation, but not really since it is tied to consumption. Um, but, you know, regardless of, of me saying, well, this is what it brings up for me or this is what it seems like it brings up for a lot of other people I kind of pulled in my life, 
Valentine's Day is still a thing, um, and actually we found a statistic that said that the average American actually spends $143 a year on Valentine's Day gifts. Um, and if you're buying eggs this year as a gift, it's gonna be really expensive. <laughs> Sorry, that's a bad joke, but I mean, I, it's, I, I say that joke because everything around us is just the prices are increasing faster than we can keep up with, right? So eggs are on my mind. We eat a lot of them in my household. We are not vegan, um, but we do buy the, the best quality, most free range eggs we can find. But unfortunately it's just stuff has been so expensive lately. So I would imagine this year, this $143 of the people who will be able to even participate in the holiday might go up because it's just so expensive. And a large portion of that money is actually going to buying flowers that are imported from other countries, right? So that's definitely creating a larger carbon footprint than we'd like. Um, and it, it's up, it's estimated that upwards of 250 million roses are produced annually for Valentine's Day. And the majority of these roses are actually grown um, in Colombia, um, specifically on a massive farm near Bogota. Um, and what's happening at that farm? Well, you know, number one, it's not operating under the most ethical and sustainable, um, you know, farming practices and labor practices, etc. And then what's happening is um, these roses, once they're, you know, picked after growing for a while, are put in plastic wrapped boxes, you know, they're, they're refrigerated, and then they're transported to the United States on planes. Um, and the Washington Post had this interesting fact and said, in the three weeks leading up to February 14th, 30 cargo jets make the three hour trip from Columbia to Miami each day. That is crazy. So as we were doing research for this, I had no idea that it was, that the rose, um, you know, uh, the rose as a flower, I know that it's a big symbol of Valentine's Day, but I had no idea that um, it was, sourced like this. I mean, that to me, that's crazy. So, okay, you've heard me say that. Well, what are we going to do now? I mean, number one, if you can avoid it, try not to go down that path of roses, right? Like, in addition to not being overly sustainable, like we just talked about, it's not overly original either, right? Like, maybe figure out if you are going to purchase flowers uh, for your valentine, maybe figure out what their favorite flower is. And maybe it's not roses. Mine, mine certainly is not. Um, and you know, I think being creative in this instance is going to get you some points too. <laughs> it's going to get you some points for the planet, but also with your Valentine, because it'll show, hey, I've, I've got a little bit of a original streak um, in my head. And so when you go out to purchase those flowers, there's a few things that you can do to be um, more ethical and sustainable, right? Like, Number one, check the check the label. So places like Whole Foods and other markets do carry fair trade flowers. So fair trade is, a, um, as we know, is a certification that speaks specifically to um, worker treatment and in fair labor. And actually, fair trade sometimes is hard to find in different product lines, but I do see a lot of it in flowers, in addition to coffee, chocolate, and other consumables. So that's nice. Um, and so that's, you know, that's a good one to look for. Um, you can also, of course, do a, a quick uh, walk around the block and, you know, borrow some. No, <laughs> I mean, our our show notes that our producer, uh, you know, that she, she helped me out with a little bit of an outline and it says like, you know, uh, let's, uh, let's harvest flowers in your own home and garden. I don't know about you, but um, 
it's pretty cold here right now. There's not a whole lot growing. So if I wanted to like harvest flowers around here, I'd probably have to be going to a neighbor's house and probably wouldn't be a great idea to be doing that on the down low. But you know, if you're friendly with your neighbor and they do seem to be having something grow at this point, maybe you can ask them if they will give you some flowers. Although anything that's growing right now is probably not overly, um, overly saturated in someone's yard so they might not be willing to let you have those even if you're friends anyway my favorite um way to receive flowers unless they're my favorite flower which is a protea which i love those things and they last forever because they're kind of if you've seen a protea you might know what i'm talking about they almost look like my husband calls them like jurassic park flowers they're really cool they look kind of ancient but they come on um almost like a branch and so it's not like a really fragile stem. They last a really long time. So number one, before I get into the other favorite way that I have for flowers, if somebody gifts you um, a bouquet um, and let's say they went to the store and they bought it and they brought it and they kind of arranged it themselves, that's great. Make sure that you take care of it. Um, so change the water out daily. Um, Cut flowers actually don't need a lot of quote-unquote flower food. The best way that you can keep flowers fresh is to just make sure that they're, the water is clean every day. Also make sure you're kind of trimming away the excess leaves on the bottom of the stems. Any excess leaves are going to like kind of start to um, get gross and they, they start to make the water gross and it, it kind of just sets off a chain reaction um, in the arrangement. Um, another thing that is nice to do is to support local flora, flo, uh, florists. That's always so hard for me to say. Supporting local florists is great compared to going to one of the giant um, floral companies out there. I'm talking about like if you need to get something to someone and you don't live by them. So you're like, I'm going to order flowers. There's a lot of different companies out there that are trying to do things differently. We'll include a link to a few of those in our show notes. Um, but again, local is, is always, we love local. Um, now, you could also ask um, the local florist when you call them up, like, where are you sourcing your flowers? And that might be an interesting conversation, depending on who you're speaking to. I would tell you, probably don't have that conversation with them a few days before Valentine's Day. <laughs> They'll probably just hang up on you. They're probably just over it. Um, but the other way I was going to mention that that is a wonderful way to give the gift of flowers or plants is like a house plant. So... Um, there are some really pretty houseplant varieties that bloom year-round, bloom right now even, and so that's kind of a fun way if you really want to do that with someone. Um, but you can also just give them something that doesn't bloom. I mean, you could give them, everybody loves a houseplant now, and everybody can't take care of a houseplant. Um, we're actually not doing too bad in my house. Um, we're, we're, actually, we're actually doing pretty good actually with our houseplants currently, but we, we kind of go up and down in our um, efficiency and um, ability to take care of those. But anyway, um, I like to mention that. All right, so we've talked about flowers. That's kind of a big thing. The next thing that came to my mind when I thought about Valentine's Day is jewelry and diamonds. And we have a whole episode on diamonds. Um, we used to actually work with an advertiser who did lab-grown diamonds that we were comfortable chatting with um, and, and recommending. But suffice it to say, um, if you want an actual diamond coming from the earth, it's almost, and I, I rarely do this, but it's it's more or less impossible to find an ethically mined diamond. Um, it's just, there's so much greenwashing that goes on behind the scenes. If you've seen the movie Blood Diamond with Leonardo DiCaprio, there's actually 
a lot of truth to that where, you know, it's, there are a few major diamond corporations, powers that be, um, that control the entire market. And sometimes they'll like slap on a label on something that says, oh, this is ethically, uh, ethically mined. And it wasn't like, they just like wash it through stuff. Right. So they like have like shell companies and all these things. So it's, it's not great. Um, so what I would say is, you know, I mean, in addition to the labor practices, um, the mining of diamonds can be really harmful to the environment where they come from. Um, you know, like mining where really mines didn't or shouldn't exist leads to habitat destruction, soil erosion, etc. Um, and a lot of times from the human perspective, in addition to just being an awful um, labor situation, it's unfortunately diamonds are oftentimes used like we saw in that movie um to fund really nasty enterprises right like uh conflict diamonds blood diamonds like we're talking about like makeup i mean cbs says they make up 15 percent of the total diamond trade i would say there's probably going to be that's probably on the lower side um but anyway so number one if you want to choose a diamond there are quote unquote ethically mined diamonds um, and a lot of retailers are now paying attention to this. They're going above and beyond the Kimberly process, which is um, an international agreement created in hopes of minimizing the production of blood diamonds, right? I, I love that hopes. Um, but there is something, they're going above and beyond that. They're trying to get certification by something called the Responsible Jewelry Council. Um, so there are organizations set up to try and and make this a uh, more ethically, you know, may, maybe shine a spotlight on or, or create a more ethical supply chain. But I can tell you, um, I talked to somebody about this once, a scientist in the field, um, and they just were like, it's just it's, it's near impossible. So I don't want to be too much of a Debbie Downer. Look, there's, there's two other things I can recommend to you, and you're going to be interested in this. So number one, lab-grown diamonds. We talked about this. Um, they look and are more or less identical um, physically to their earth created counterparts. So, and they're going to be significantly cheaper. Um, and you know where they're coming from. And there are some really interesting, um, you know, companies out there that are making diamonds from, uh, cream, cremated ashes. I mean, there's just all sorts of cool stuff. So definitely check out different lab grown diamond, um, places. I'm, I'm a huge fan. And I think, um, I would love that to be the new norm. If you're going to get a new one, that being said, how many years have humans been obsessed with diamonds? I mean, thousands, <laughs> hundreds of thousands, so so many years, pretty much since we, we came into existence. I'm sure if a caveman found a diamond, he would have grabbed it and kept it with him, right? I mean, they're shiny, they're beautiful, and they're, they're rare. Um, so I say this because there's so many diamonds in circulation already. Um, so secondhand jewelry is a big deal. Um, it's, you don't have to go to a sketchy thrift shop, like the movies you're thinking of. You can go to, you know, mainstream jewelers, all sorts of places, Etsy. Um, you can, you can do that, um, and, and find diamonds and jewelry that were in other pieces from people who are probably not here anymore, right? Um, or just, they got rid of them. They didn't want it, maybe. So one person's loss is, is your, um... I don't want to say gain, I always hate that phrase, but anyway, one person's is uh, giving one away or, or getting rid of one and you can come in and do that. And actually, um, my brother recently got married last year in October and 
Um, he also sometimes edits this podcast, so hello, Hal. <laughs> um, but he got married and my mother actually gave him her, um, her diamond from her engagement ring. Um, my, my parents are divorced, so she had no reason to keep that one, I suppose. Um, and so she gave him that ring and he just got a reset. So he took that diamond from that setting, which was, um, you know, quite 80s mom, it really was. It was, you know, it was gold and a shell. Um, anyway, it wasn't, it wasn't great. Um, and so <laughs> Hal got it re reset and something more modern. So in addition to saving lots of money, we were being a little, little bit of eco-friendly and bringing that into the family. So um, that was something that I highly recommend doing. Okay, moving right along um, to chocolates. So I am not a huge Valentine's person. Um, well, I mean, my husband doesn't, he's not like a huge sentimental person. So it's hard to get him to care about any of these things, but chocolates, he loves chocolates. I love chocolates. Um, and one way that you can actually, you know, source better chocolates again is to look for that fair trade uh, stamp of approval like we talked about earlier. There's um, there's a few different companies that come to mind. One of them is Tony's Chocolonely, um, which is a very interesting name, but that is, in my mind, sort of the, the gold standard of, of ethically produced chocolate because, again, um, the region in which chocolate and cocoa and cacao and all these things come from, you know, it, it, the, the procurement of that um, plant and resource can sometimes not be the most ethical. So looking for, for things that are made a little bit better um, is, is great. I mean, we also could always send Mars and some of these big chocolate companies a note this time of year and just saying, hey, you know, I'd love to see a fair trade M&M or I'd love to see a fair trade... Um, what are those? I don't even know what those Valentine's heart things are. But anyway, Dove chocolate, you know what I'm talking about. Like, we'd love to see, why can't they make a fair trade one? Of course they could, right? And they, of course, those giant corporations are the biggest consumers and buyers of chocolate. So maybe we send them a note. Let's, let's, uh, in the, let's figure out how to do that in the show notes. Um, so now, um, in addition to finding chocolate that's made better, you can also look for um, dairy-free chocolate options. So that's gonna come with an even lower carbon footprint than dairy options. So milk chocolate versus dark chocolate, et cetera. Um, so that, that's kind of an interesting piece that I hadn't considered. Um, finally, like you know me, I love to recommend a good sustainable gift that kind of falls outside of the traditional um, ones for each holiday and so you know, I love handmade stuff. Um, I've been giving away handmade stuff since I was a kid um, to people who may or may not have loved my quote-unquote artistic talent in decorating mugs. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, handmade gifts can be wonderful. Um, if you've, you know, taken downtime lately um, and turned it into a, ho a hobby to learn how to craft or sew or something, maybe you, you, you make gifts for people that way. Um, another thing that I like to recommend is just an experience gift. So, I recently found out I'm I'm like one of the biggest Beck planet uh, Beck fans on the planet, um, and he is coming here to Seattle on August first, maybe, with Phoenix. I'm also a huge Phoenix fan, so they're coming together. I could not think of a more Lara concert, so I would love concert tickets. I, Eric sometimes listens to this podcast. You've heard him be on it once or twice, so maybe maybe he'll listen, um, and. 
you know, so I love an experience gift. Uh, what about, and so that, that the concert one, like I just talked about, that's kind of expensive. So what if you don't want to spend that money? One thing that I've heard of people doing, I've never done this myself, but I think it's such a good idea is you show up to someone's house and cook them dinner. Like, or you meal prep with them. Like if you're, if you want to do a Galentine's day with your girlfriends and show up and help everybody meal prep for the week, like it's, just, it's fun. You can have some wine and have a good time. It just, uh, you know, a sustainable experience gift can really, really go a long way. You can also do a weekend getaway. You can do an Airbnb um, situation with your um, Valentine and and just have a memory instead of a thing. Like I was just talking about the top of the episode. Um, so that's those are kind of my main, I would say, like gifting tips. Um, I, you know, I, I've kind of given my own um, spin on things I would give in the course. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, no, I, I think I've kind of talked about what I would do in all these situations. Now, there's a few other things we wanted to cover in the course of Valentine's Day in addition to gifting. One would be cards. So you guys know we've talked a lot about this in Christmas time, around Christmas and New Year's time, but, um, you know, Americans are purchasing approximately six, 6.5 billion, with a B, greeting cards each year. And those are going to end up in, in you know, the landfill. Some of them are recyclable, but not really. Um, they can't usually be easily recycled. And they're just going to end up in the trash. And so while I think the sentiment is nice, there's other ways to do it. Number one, you can do an e-card uh, e with a photo. You can get creative and go onto a Canva, um, Adobe Express, one of those um, editors, and, and, and do a fun, like, interactive gift for someone. I love that. Um, you can also, if you need to do something physical, I mean, look, we, at Brightly, we, th we think a lot about this. Um, and so we have our wish cloths, right? So if you haven't heard of those, they are Swedish dish cloths in one part, but there are also greeting cards on the other. So you can literally, they look like cards. You fold them, um, you write in them just like you would a card. So your recipient gets a card and then they get to use it to wipe off their countertop. So we love that. Um, and we have a special Valentine's Day one um, in the shop. And the other shop shout out I'll give right now is another really fun one for kids. So if you remember growing up um, at school, you like had to bring these little paper Valentines and it was just like, oh my God, I just think of it. I have just such anxiety with this. Like they were kind of fun, but then you were also like, are mine cool or am I going to get enough? Or like, anyway, I roll, you, you could see me rolling my eyes over here. Like being a kid is, is an interesting time. That's for sure. But, um, if you want your kids to be the coolest in class, I'm just kidding. If you would like your child to have a more eco-friendly alternative than just a, a paper one, we have something in the shop called a wish pop. So I just talked about a wish cloth. This is kind of the same concept brought over to a pop-up sponge. So we have these really cute animal shaped pop-up sponges that have little sayings on them. So there's like a sloth that says, let's hang. There's a turtle that says, you're totally awesome. They're so cute. Um, and before they are inflated, quote unquote, with water, they're flat. And so they are like a little card and you can turn them over and write on them. So your kids can use a magic marker to write on them. Um, once they are inflated with water, they become a sponge, which the magic marker will wash off. If you need it to be a more permanent message, you can use a Sharpie. But my thoughts and prayers go out to you if you give a child under a certain age a Sharpie. It just sounds like a recipe for disaster. No, thank you. Um, but um, one of the also the cool things you can do with these Wish Pops after the holiday is done is you can use them for crafting. So um, 
you can use them, you can put paint on them on one side and use them to stamp um, and get creative. So we love those. Those are available in the Brightly shop right now. I'm giving them to all of Brooksley's Valentine's. No, I don't know. Brooksley is too young. My daughter's, you know, about a year and some change. She's not quite in, she's not quite in school, although she does go to a daycare thing once. Maybe I should get those for her. Anyway, filing that away. Um, and then finally, um, I, you know, like we talked about earlier, in addition to cards, just thinking again about, you know, creating a nice dinner for somebody or going to a local restaurant, like just making the day about intangible things. So memories, um, you know, making reservations ahead of time, Eric Wittig, um, you know, making sure that we are, you know, thinking about stuff ahead of time. No. <laughs> Maybe he got the message, who knows, um, anyway. But making sure that you're just uh, going the extra mile for your Valentine in, with an intangible thing is always fun. Now granted, like I mentioned at the top of the episode, we are in some strange times right now. I don't know when there's not been a strange time going on since I started this podcast in the middle of the COVID pandemic or right before it actually. Um, that's to say stuff is expensive right now. So if you can't go out to a fancy restaurant or any restaurant, because maybe there's no more reservations, or maybe you just don't want, um, you know, you, you can't, you don't want to incur the cost, it's fine. Make a great meal at home. Like there are so many amazing recipes online. If you have an Instant Pot, I will share with you one of my favorite Instant Pot recipes um, in the show notes that I like. And it's really easy, super impressive for, for friends and family. So maybe just stay home um, and, and have, a nice bottle of wine or your, your favorite beverage of choice um, and have a really fun evening together. So I hope you've enjoyed my my thoughts on Valentine's Day. Like I said, I would love for this holiday to move a little bit um, away from the things, right? The diamonds and jewelry and, you know, flowers and all these things and move more towards memories because I know other holidays are a little bit more focused on that. Um, if you enjoyed the episode, as always, let us know. Send us an email, DM us on Instagram or TikTok. Um, would love to hear what you want to hear more of from us. Um, and as always, I hope that you're having a great time as a conscious consumer. If you have questions for me, let me know. Um, we actually will be doing an episode in the very near future um, that was prompted by a listener question um, about teaching and different ways that teachers can bring eco-friendly curriculum into the classroom. And that's, I mean... It's just a fascinating topic. We're, we're in the research phase right now, and I've really, really enjoyed getting to know more about that. So your questions help me learn um, and help us all learn together and create good together. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day or evening, um, and thanks so much for joining us. joining us on another episode of Good Together. To get show notes and more, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. Finally, don't forget to join in on the conversation with us on social, where I know you can find us at brightly.eco. Don't forget, we're all on this journey together. So have fun putting the planet first and stay curious.